0: D F S It is Friday, September 23rd here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our week three FanDuel podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me as always, Jared Smoll. And Jared, we talked about the 5K quarterbacks on DraftKings. We don't generally have to look down in the garbage cans for quarterbacks here on FanDuel. And that means that we can more comfortably play Jalen Hurts at 8,100. I'm going to guess he is also your starting point, right?
1: Yeah, the um, you know, the tight the pricing isn't as tight on Fando and also the gap between the top quarterbacks and you know the the mid-range guys isn't as big. So to me, it's it's Jalen Hurts easily for cash games. Jalen Hurts through the first two games leads all quarterbacks in PFF passing grade and yards per time. So he's been great as a passer, and he leads all quarterbacks and carries, rushing yards, and rushing touchdowns. So I mean, the guy is on fire right now. I think he's going to stay hot against the Washington defense, which has not looked good through the first two weeks.
0: Yeah. And then just comparing him to the other quarterbacks high in our FanDuel points, or dollars per point projections, he's safer than Lamar Jackson Mm -hmm. for 500 less in salary um, because Lamar Jackson's got the right arm thing. The Washington defense is much softer than the Patriots defense. The Washington defense is also softer than what Kyler Murray's facing in the Rams, and he's at 7800, so he's cheaper, but. I'd much rather play Jalen hurts there safer on the injury front than Justin Herbert at 8,200 $900 cheaper than Josh Allen projected for similar ownership. Um, And then, you know, the ceiling for Jalen hurts is just more attractive than the guys that are way down in the six K range. And we just, you know, probably don't need to get down there in savings to make that worthwhile. On the GPP side, The ownership is probably going to be high for Jalen Hurts. And I think that is the only reason to, you know, look in other directions. If we're spreading it around, certainly mix in some Jalen Hurts lineups in case he's Mm -hmm. just the monster for this week. But I think besides Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson certainly makes a lot more sense on this side because he is projected for less ownership. Rashad Bateman is projected for less ownership, although he's got an injury we're going to have to watch. I think Rashad Bateman's more attractive than Mark Andrews here as the stacking option. If you do play Lamar Jackson, the Pats were toughest in the league in tight end coverage DVOA last year. Um, Kyle Duggar's out for this game, likely uh, one of their safeties. Adrian Phillips is not though. And the biggest change to the Patriots defense from last year to this is that lead corner JC Jackson is gone. He's now a charger. So they're not really a scary matchup for number one wide receivers at this point, the way they were over the past few years.
1: Yeah, I think you can always make an argument for these elite quarterbacks in tournaments. Ky- Kyler Murray is the one I'm semi interested in on Fanduel. I mean, he's only seventy eight hundred bucks. You know, he's he's like priced right there, with like Joe Burrow and Kirk Cousins, who are actually on my list here as well as guys I like in their matchups. But like, you know, Ky- I think Kyler still beats those guys in the ceiling because of the dual threat ability. And you know, he's not in play for cash to me just because that offense is everything's just so hard for Kyler right now. And in, in that offense, um, it has not looked pretty so far. But he came through the decent fantasy line in week two I think you know he's capable of doing that in spite of his you know supporting cast right now so I think Murray is interesting in tournaments at his you know six percent projected ownership Joe Burrow talked about him on the DraftKings podcast I just think this you know could be the breakout spot for the Bengals passing game and all those guys are going to come in you know lower than expected because they've struggled so far Kirk Cousins in a great spot against the Lions Uh, the Vikings have the highest implied total over the week but the Cousins is going to be pretty chalky Uh, he's at nine percent projected ownership right now so I might actually end up not playing Kirk Cousins for that reason. And then one other guy who I think is in play for FanDuel, Derek Carr, $7,100 and 4% projected ownership. Uh, he gets the Titans, they're six in Football Outsiders Pass Defense DVOA. And, you know, with Hunter out, I mean, it hurts Carr, but I think it makes his target tree even more condensed. Where you know, if I'm playing Carr, I'm stacking him with Devontae Adams and Darren Waller. And, you know, hoping those two guys account for like 70% of Carr's passing production. Yeah,
0: I can get behind that. One other guy who's not going to be a focal point for me, but I think is worth considering for a couple of lineups. Trevor Lawrence headed for 1% ownership. He's got Christian Kirk as the clear number one receiver. You can add him with one more. There are multiple options for that. There are options for chargers runbacks. I think it gives you an entry point to this chargers um, Jaguars matchup without having to bet on the rib injury for Herbert. And Herbert's going to be much higher owned. So You know, you can get in on this one if it is a high scoring game overall. Certainly don't trust Trevor Lawrence to deliver for a cash lineup, but I think that there could be a good number of points. And he's coming off a tremendous efficiency performance against the Colts, completed 83 percent of his passes in that one. So, you know, there is at least some upside here. Um, Moving to running backs, Jared, what are you favoring in cash?
1: I'm starting with Delvin Cook, um, which I, I don't know if that surprises people coming off that dud from the Vikings offense on Monday night. But um, I mean, they, they looked awesome in Week One against the Packers. I still think that's you know closer to what we're going to get from this Vikings offense for most of the season. And Dalvin Cook, 108 total yards on 25 opportunities in Week One. He had 20 carries and five targets. You know, he, even on the season now, he, he's on. He's sitting on a 14% target share. He's handled 67% of the Vikings carries. So he's getting the work. Um, and you know, I think this is a big spot for the Vikings offense. Like I said, with Kirk Cousins, uh, Minnesota has the highest implied total on the week, even higher than the Bills, twenty nine point two five points for the Vikings. Um, so you know we're expecting a lot of points from Minnesota, and the, the Lions have allowed the most draftings points, or sorry, the most Fando points to running backs through the first two weeks of the season.
0: Yep, Dalvin Cook up there at eighty three hundred, still not priced like the guy getting the kind of work that he should get. Um, Leonard Fournette, seventy-two hundred, also priced down from where his workload is because he hasn't really delivered the fantasy points yet. He's up there at the top of the FD um, dollars per point projections as well. And Joe Mixon's up there, eighty-two hundred. Mixon and Fournette actually sit one-two among running backs in opportunity share through two weeks. So, in a matchup that we expect to go the Bengals' way, it's you know the path for Mixon too. plenty more work in this one is clear. One more guy that I'll throw out if you do need any salary relief, Damian Pierce at 5,800. I think this might be the best place to play him. I'm not sure about the ultimate ceiling for a tournament lineup, especially versus what it looks like his ownership rate will be. And I'm also Mm -hmm. not sure about the receiving role for the PPR upside for DraftKings, but FanDuel, when you combine the salary, the setting for him, I like the outlook for Damian Pierce here. He pulled near even with Rex Burkhead in routes last week, well ahead of Rex Burkhead in playing time. We should get a positive situation for his rushing volume here against a Bears team that just wants to run the ball 12 times and call it a game. Lovey Smith clearly thinks quite a bit of Damian Pierce just by the way he talks about him. So I think that they want to get him the ball plenty here. And at that $5,800 price, we really just need like 12 half PPR points from Damian Pierce in this game to pay off.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good price tag for him. Um, I was messing with lineups this morning. It it is possible to get Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, and Leonard Fournette in a lineup, and that's probably the direction I would go in cash. I think you're going to get, you know, 70 touches between those three guys. I think really the best place,
0: the best way to play Damian Pierce – overall this week is in over-unders. You play him in underdog pick You can play him on sleeper in over-unders. His line is uh, on rushing yards is already up four yards from where it was on Wednesday on underdog. It was at 54 and a half. Then now it's 58 and a half. That's still attractive. We still mm-hmm. haven't projected for more than 10 yards oh, yeah. over that. And I wouldn't be surprised if he goes well beyond our projection, which is still in the sixties. So I- I'm annoyed with myself for not getting Damian Pierce at the 54 and a half. But I'm not quitting on him at 58 and a half either, Jared. I'm playing him on
1: underdog. Yep. I'm playing him on sleeper this week. Yep, 68 rushing yards is our projection for him. So I, I like that over.
0: And, you know, you can, in this way, you can bet on him doing something without him needing to hit any kind of ceiling. Because obviously, a 70 yard right. rushing day, not doing a whole lot for your fantasy teams and DFS or season long. But if you want to bet on Damian Pierce, this is a way to do that. And then you can win, even if it's just a you know, good performance versus expectation. Of course, if you do want to play on underdog, if you do want to play on sleeper, if you have not done so yet, you can click the link at the bottom of this podcast, wherever you're consuming it. You can go there, get a 100% deposit match on either underdog or sleeper. Um, use Damian Pierce, Find some other bets. I've got the underdog Pick'em article up on DraftSharks.com to compare the numbers to our projections and highlight some of the best plays of the week. There are lots more good ones out there. I recommend checking it out uh, to see who the top options are. GPP side for running back, Jared, what do you like? So we talked about A.J.
1: Dillon on the DraftKings show. I think Aaron Jones is the play on Fanduel. He's only $100 more than A.J. Dillon here at 7000 bucks, And despite his, his big week too, we have him at just 8% projected ownership right now so we'll see if that climbs if it does you know might be reason to, to get off a guy who's you know still splitting backfield work basically down the middle but um you know seven thousand bucks for Aaron jones seems like a good price to me and you know we, we talked yesterday about how this bucks defense you know has been tougher against the past than the run so far this season that might continue throughout the rest of the year and i do think you know green bay wants this to be a running back centric offense with you know jones and dylan you know, kind of being the top two weapons on, on the offense
0: I am surprised at the ownership projection for Jonathan Taylor right now. 9,400 bucks is obviously a big salary to fit in. They're heavy underdogs against the chiefs and for good reason, but he's tied for 10th in projected ownership among running backs (laughs) last week was, you know, a debacle versus what you need Jonathan Taylor to be for you in any fantasy lineup. But it's also the fewest carries he's had in a game since week 10 of 2020. Uh, he had one game of fewer than 14 carries all of last year. So even if the Colts lose this game, it's unlikely to go the way that it did for him last week. We've seen him get plenty involved as a receiver. So anytime I think that Jonathan Taylor is set for something in single digit ownership, I think you'd go ahead and get some exposure to that.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good call. And I do think he's going to come in low because I think, you know, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon to me, they have like similar, you know, baseline projections this week and they're a thousand bucks cheaper. So I don't think many people are going to get up to Jonathan Taylor. So I think that's a good call. Um, Daryl Henderson was very popular last week, and you know, obviously did not get the workload you were hoping for if you used him. But now he's down to sixty three hundred bucks on FanDuel and he's projected for just three percent ownership. Um, you know, he he did still lead Cam Akers in carries and pass routes in week two, got the rushing touchdown. Like, yeah, again, I have no idea what this Rams backfield is going to look like in week week three. But, you know, tournaments are the the place to play. And you hope Henderson, you know, maybe gets 20 opportunities again in this game and scores a touchdown against a pretty bad Cardinals defense. I think he's interesting at this price and ownership level.
0: Yeah, I figured that you had mentioned Daryl Henderson. probably (laughs) won't be me, so I'll help your ownership rate a little bit. I think DeAndre Swift is similar to Jonathan Taylor in that he looks like he's headed for lower ownership than he should get. I I wonder if that'll rise as we get into the weekend once we know his playing status. I think we all assume he'll play, but, you know, we'll know more about the level as we get into the weekend so there's a a, there's potential for that to rise if it doesn't though i think he's very interesting because he had better practice participation thursday this week than he did last week so we might get the workload back up versus what it was last week and we've seen him in the running game look excellent through two weeks so the upside we know is there one other guy that i'm considering here is travis Etienne, and i talked about damian pierce the place to play him in fantasy I think that this is the place to do some, and you don't have to play Travis Etienne at all, but if you want to, this is the way to do it in a tournament lineup, in a place where nobody's going to have him. If this game follows the seven-point line that Vegas has it, maybe it is Travis Etienne conditions. We've already heard Doug Peterson say that things are going to be different by game plan. We don't know yet what all those game plans look like. The Chargers on defense look pretty strong up front. They look weak at their off-ball linebacker spots. They have speed. They have excellent edge rushers. So I wonder whether this is the kind of game where using Travis Etienne's speed, whether it be in runs to the outside or in those short kind of routes that don't give the pass rushers time to get to Trevor Lawrence, I wonder if it's the kind of game where maybe they scheme a little bit more Travis Etienne into it from the start. Maybe they use him to also counter the strong Charger secondary. I have no idea. That might not be the case. He might get six touches in this game. And that's why this is the only area because, you know, we put him in a few tournament lineups. If it doesn't work out, those few tournament lineups don't do anything for us. We've still got everything else going fine. But, you know, if it does work out, if he gets 12 touches instead of eight and he scores those two touchdowns that he almost scored in week (laughs) one, suddenly you've got Travis Etienne at a low price and at like 3% ownership.
1: I like the call. I, I think you. I should have made that call on the DraftKings show. I think I like him a bit better over over there with the with the full PPR. I think he, he's maybe a bit cheaper relatively on Fanduel, but I still think I'd rather play him on DraftKings. But I, I do like it. I do think, like you said, um, this sp- specific matchup could mean a bigger role for ET on this week.
0: Yeah, he didn't even enter my mind until I was looking <laughs> on Fanduel list. So let me look at what that salary is on uh, DraftKings real quick. He's uh, 50, 54
1: on DraftKings.
0: Yeah, so I mean, um, you know, he's. I would say he's in play, but you know, as you, as we mentioned, it's a tougher place to fit those salaries. And we do have Dave Montgomery, just $500 more. So, you know, it's yeah. same, same logic. I agree that he's in play there as well. I think he, I I'd probably lean his way a bit more on FanDuel because I don't know about the volume. And I think what I'm hoping for more is that we get some touchdown luck. Yes, that makes sense. All right. So anything else among the tournament running backs on FanDuel? Nope. What do you like
1: for cash at wide receiver? And so it's interesting if you look at our dollars per point and you see Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson at ninety eight hundred and ninety five hundred, checking as, as the top two dollars per point. Then even you know our, our third best value is Mike Williams at seven k, and then Steph Diggs is the fourth best value at eighty three k. But um, I think the way I'm building my cash lineup is I'm you know, paying up for those running backs. Um, so I'm gonna have to go cheaper at wide receiver. I like Brandon Cooks for sixty six hundred bucks. Um, you know he's fifth. In dollars per point, you know, he was disappointing last week, but the volume was there again. Ten plus targets for Cooks now in both games this season, and five of his last six games dating back to last season. So to me, he's just a good volume bet for the price tag. And then Drake London for sixty two hundred bucks. I mean, if he's going to play anything close to the role that he's played these first two weeks, thirty two percent target share for London. Um, you know, he he's a thousand bucks underpriced on on
0: drafting on uh, FanDuel here. He is tied for 25th among wide receivers in salary on FanDuel. He's tied for 16th among wide receivers and targets. He is fifth among wideouts and target share. The Falcons are tied for just 25th in the league in pass attempts. So even with that, he's getting plenty of target volume, not just share, but like I said, 16th at the position in total targets and the positive matchup. So I definitely agree with Drake London being in the mix at 6,200. I think Jalen Waddle is also there. He's sixth in our in our FanDuel dollars per point projections. Three of the five guys I ahead of him are priced at least $800 more in salary. Looks like a strong bet for target volume as heavy underdogs against the bills and Buffalo has ruled out Micah Hyde and cornerback Dane Jackson for this game. So it should be a softer secondary, you know, we're still reading what the targets are going to look like between Tyree Hill and Jalen Waddle, but Tyree Hill's $900 more than Waddle. We at least know that these two are the focal point of the passing game. So between them, they'll soak up a bunch of targets. And we're still seeing just what the split is between those two guys. I think Michael Pittman is one to watch into the weekend. It seems a little bit risky for cash right now because of the quad that kept him out last week. He was limited Wednesday and Thursday. If we get to Sunday though, and and they're like, "Eh, Michael Pittman's pretty close to full strength. Um, He's good to go. 7,400 is a good price for him. We saw last week just how bad the Colts need him and they are heavy underdogs. So, I mean, I mentioned Jonathan Taylor for a tournament lineup, not playing Jonathan Taylor in cash because if this game goes the way it's expected to, the Colts are going to be trailing for most of it. That would be good for Michael Pittman's target count.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd probably need to see like a full practice on on Friday to use Pittman in cash. But I think if he's you know limited, questionable, and ends up playing, I think that makes him a good tournament play because you know, it was super encouraging what we saw from him in week one. GPP side, I think A.J. Brown looks like he's headed for lower ownership than he should. And
0: I don't really understand it. If Jalen Hurts <laughs> is popular and if A.J. Brown's 8K, I mean, I know that's not cheap, but it's not a yep. Cooper cup level. So I wonder if people are overrating the way Monday went and thinking, okay, the targets are going to get spread evenly. They're not going to favor AJ Brown the way they did in week one, probably closer to week two, but we at least know that week one is within the realm of possibility. So we know what the ceiling can be for AJ Brown. So even if I'm not playing Jalen hurts, I'm considering AJ Brown here.
1: Yeah, me too. And, I would guess he'd come in a bit higher than seven percent, but I mean, you have Stefan Diggs just three hundred bucks more. I think people are gonna you know be more likely to to click on Stefan Diggs among those two. So I think Brown will come in probably lower than he should be. Um, Mike Williams, I you know I mentioned him coming in third in our dollars per point. I can't play him in cash, and it's it's mostly because of Justin Herbert's rib injury more so than like you know Mike Williams' profile is a boomer bust guy. But I think for tournaments, Mike Williams is is an awesome play. Always, um, he gave us twenty one. Fando points last week. He had you know six games of eighteen plus Fando points last year, so he, he has that high ceiling. And then for me, it's like all, all these wide receivers in the Bengals Jets game. Um, you know, Jamar Chase coming in just six percent projected ownership. T Higgins seven percent projected ownership. Elijah Moore two percent. Garrett Wilson three percent. Um, and I think all those guys are you know fine values at their price tags, and they're just going to be under owned because you know the Bengals are disappointed, and I think you know people just still still don't want to count on anything in the Jets offense right now.
0: Yeah, this is where the Joe Burrow build emerged to me. He doesn't pop for me as a quarterback when I'm looking at that position, but then when I get to wide receiver and I see that both Jamar Chase and T Higgins are projected for single digit ownership, I say, well, I could potentially put both of those guys in a lineup with Joe Burrow, get single-digit ownership on all those guys. Burrow's at seventy-five hundred bucks, so I'm not spending a ton to get that trio in there. Jets are the league's worst defense in both overall and passing DVOA so far. So, and, and Joe Mixon is, is going to be soaking up a lot of ownership. Might wind up mm-hmm. being the highest owned running back. Certainly is going to be one of the highest owned. So that should keep things down for the passing game. I mean, they just need a get right spot. We did, It's not necessarily going to be a Joe Mixon game, even if they're leading this one. We could just see a pass-leaning game. So, yeah, this is what made me interested in that trio. I could play all three of them. And again, if I did so, we talked about it previously, but I would do so in at least two different lineups so that I could put Elijah Moore in one. Garrett Wilson, and the other. If I'm picking one between them, I'm probably taking the $600 in salary savings and going Elijah Moore for what will probably end up lower ownership because of yeah. a lack of production so far. He's been the Jets wide receiver most frequently on the field, though, through two weeks.
1: We should have made Joe Burrow the the cover boy of this YouTube show. Who, who decided to make it Delvin Cook? <laughs> Silly.
0: So on to cash at tight end. What do you like?
1: So again, like kind of a wide receiver. I mean, Travis Kelsey pops as the top dollars per point play, despite being 7,800 bucks. Um, Colts 31st in Football Outsiders tight end coverage rankings through two weeks. So, I mean, Kelsey's an awesome play if you can fit him in. Um, I also think Darren Waller for 6,400 bucks is a strong play. And then Dallas Scotter at 5,500 bucks is a strong play. So kind of, you know, three different levels of pricing there. I think all they're all good values for cash. So just depending on what you're doing with your, the rest of your lineup, I think, you know, any of those three tight ends make sense. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, if you have the room to go
0: up for an expensive tight end, that's certainly fine. If you don't, I think Zach Ertz at 5,200 bucks is a very solid starting point. Rams 23rd and tight end coverage DVOA through two games. The Cardinals have fallen well behind both the chiefs and Raiders so far in their first two games. He talked about how ugly things have been. I'm certainly not betting on them beating the Rams this week. And I would not be surprised if they fall behind, which would obviously drive the passing volume. For Zach Ertz specifically, playing time was way up in week two, so we know he's much healthier than he was heading into the season. This week, he's off the injury report. He was on it Wednesday, but it was just a rest day. Thursday, off it completely, so should be good for full playing time. I think it's an excellent spot for both you know, target floor and ceiling. For sure.
1: Again, I prefer Ertz on DraftKings, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think you use him in either place. <laughs> GPP, I, I'm curious to see Darren Waller's ownership number here once Hunter Renfro is ruled out because it seems like that's probably going to be the case for his concussion.
1: Yeah, it's five percent projected ownership right now for Waller. I gotta, I gotta imagine that climbs. It might not climb past like ten percent though because you know he's just kind of in a weird pricing zone at 6,400, kind of you know, jammed between Kelsey and those those five K guys. Um, so I don't think he'll be super chalky. I think, I think he'll be low enough where I'm still going to play him because I think he has upside, at least in the range of, you know, Kelsey and Mark Andrews, and you're getting, you know, a thousand to, you know, $2,000 worth of savings with Waller.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Anybody else that you like heading in?
1: Uh, let's talk about one more bangle, Hayden Hurst at 5,100 bucks. Um, you know, just just getting awesome usage so far, 17% target share. He's actually seventh among tight ends in expected fantasy points. You know, hasn't, hasn't scored a touchdown yet, so hasn't really delivered big in fantasy, but the usage has been there. Um, so, I'm not sure I'd stack Burrow with three of his pass catchers, but if you want to like save money and stack him with one of the wide receivers plus Hurst, I think that I think that could work. I
0: think if you're doing that, you should build two lineups where you have one with Higgins and one with Chase because it's it's yeah. definitely not yeah. a it's definitely this yeah. guy over the other one. Yeah.
1: And I, I think you could stack him with all three in like smaller field tournaments you know if you're in a tournament with a thousand people in it where you don't need like everyone to hit their absolute ceiling i think yeah, i think a, a triple stack could work with those three guys it looks
0: like travis kelsey and dallas goddard are going to be the chalk here i think that adds some interest to mark andrews and tyler higby in similar ranges i think Ger- gerald everett though might be most interesting in that goddard higby range of guys 5800 salary for gerald everett Um more than Tyler Higbee, $300 more than Dallas Goddard, but he's projected for much lower ownership than those guys. Seventh among tight ends in target share so far. He's well behind Tyler Higbee in that category, but ahead of Dallas Goddard. So the usage is good. He's got a quarterback, unlike Dallas Goddard, who needs to throw it into the end zone most of the time, especially considering Justin Herbert's rib injury. So he'll be looking to throw it into the end zone as opposed to running it himself. So I like the upside on Gerald Everett. The salary is good enough and the ownership projection
1: is you know the biggest factor in his favor. Yeah, Kyle Pitts too. I just want to make sure we, we say his name on the, the the podcast, unless he you know just in case he goes off for hundred and two. <laughs> yeah,
0: I guess we'll see. Uh, too bad this game's not happening in England. Defense: The <laughs> Bengals for thirty six hundred against the Jets are up there. Seahawks thirty four hundred against the Falcons. Panthers thirty nine hundred against the Saints. I think you know any of those is a fine starting point.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'll probably start with the Bengals at thirty six if I can afford. I'd actually prefer. Uh, Carolina against Jameis Winston uh, for $300 more. And then uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about Philly flying under the radar for some reason. I mean, they just dominated the Vikings on primetime last week, and now they get Carson Wentz. So, you know, he's been putting up numbers, but he's also been turning it over and, and taking some sacks. So I think the Eagles defense is a really nice tournament play. I agree with that. I also
0: think that the Saints will be in play if I get to that defense. And so they're $400 more than the Panthers in that same yep. matchup. Um, if that salary matters, then you know go for the cheaper Panthers. But if it doesn't, then I like the Saints better, just straight up versus the Panthers, mm-hmm. because of how bad Baker Mayfield's been. Um, it, it, there's just a better chance that the Saints score a good number of points in this game than that the Panthers go off points wise. So yeah. you know we'll see how it goes, but I, I definitely have the Saints in the mix.
1: Yeah, both good matchups on both sides. The ball there, I, I I think the Saints defense is still better than Carolina, so, so. I would prefer them uh, straight up if you have the money.
0: I agree with that as well. So that's going to do it for this week three FanDuel podcast. You can head over to DraftSharks.com now. You can play with the lineup generator to build your own lineups for playing on FanDuel, on DraftKings, or even on Yahoo. You can also find Kevin's articles highlighting top picks for cash and GPP games on FanDuel this week. For Jared Smoll and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf thanks so much for swimming with us.